0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu.
1: What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Equal Vision Records and Sound Talent Media. I am Dewey, your host with The Most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, we have the one and only Frank Maddox. And Frank came to me through an Instagram recommendation of who I should have on the show. Um, Just an incredible artist, an incredible dude. He's designed some of your favorite record covers, uh, album layouts, all that stuff. Um, he's got books out. He is the vice president of creative services for Warner records. Um, just an awesome dude. I really had a blast talking to him and I had no idea. Like I usually do. I had no idea where this was going to go. And we delved into some really cool topics. Um, just a very, uh, a deep thinker and, and a very creative person. And I really feel inspired and blessed to have people like Frank on the show. Um, and have people like Frank give a shit about the show, listen to the show. Um, when people in that that position of inspiring so many people through what they do take time out of their day and listen to what I'm doing, it is still mind-boggling that that happens. Um, but it does, and I really I don't take that for granted. I put a lot of work into this show, and I, I really try to remain cognizant of the platform that I have and the responsibility I have. To uh, do the best I can with that, and to put out content that is that is what I feel to be good. Um, not going after the headline, not going after the the superficial bullshit um, that's that's out there. I mean, it's 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 everywhere. Um, I want this show to remain true. I want it to be uh, uniquely tied to that conversation at that point in time. If we could have the same, you know, the same two people together again a year later, that it's not going to be the same conversation. It can't be. Um, these interactions are unique. They're one of a kind, and you know, just like Frank, like they're one of a kind. The the stuff he's creating is is otherworldly and it's it's fantastic. And I put him up there with with uh, a lot of of really great artists that that are just truly inspiring. Um, and like I said, it was just a blast having him on, um, and I'll definitely have him on again. Uh, we went to some really cool places. So thank you to Frank for coming on, being so candid and open to doing this and uh, making a great experience. Um, so let's get some business out of the way real quick, and we'll jump right into this episode. Uh, Rockabilia.com sponsor is sponsoring this episode. Pier 15 is the code. They'll get you 15% off your order. On more than five hundred thousand officially licensed items from the bands. Uh, a lot of bands Frank's worked with Green Day, the Deftones, like all over the place. You'll see his work. Um, and you can get that over at rockabilia.com. So go and type in the code peer 15 for 15% off your order. Uh Peer Pleasure Podcast is the website. Uh, peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website. Peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email. If you want to get in touch with me with guest ideas, questions, or comments, uh, and you can also check out the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle Facebook group and the premium service, peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm, where you'll get the videos of the episodes, you'll get the past cast and the ad-free feed. All right, let's jump into this episode with the one and only Frank Maddox. hey man i'm good how are you i'm great sorry about the absolute shitty camera (laughs) uh (laughs) i have a my studio is part of a radio station and they double booked the day so i walk in and i set my stuff down like why are all the doors open and it's like an open studio day so (laughs) they're like well okay we sorry it's double booked like we have to do this thing but you can go in this so i'm in literally a broadcast studio without my camera and it's all just my laptop um which is normally what i would use but i'd have a much better camera and a backdrop and everything but anyways it is what it is we made it happen we
0: made it happen man i appreciate it
1: and i don't i don't release the video these anyway so the the it's more just for the conversation piece of being able to um to do that and i'm gonna Push record here on it's just
0: recording my, in progress it's
1: my backup audio in case something goes wrong which it hasn't yet out of 300 some episodes so it's amazing fingers crossed so how are you
0: i'm doing good man how are you
1: i'm great i'm great i thanks for agreeing to do this i appreciate it man it's uh i'm a big fan of what you do and um
0: yeah it's an honor. Really appreciate that. Thanks for reaching out. And uh, you know, I'm I'm super stoked to be a part of it. I love, you know, all of the episodes you've done. I did the deep dive after I found out about you. And, you know, I've worked with a lot of the people. Well, not a lot, but some of the people that you have spoken with. And um, yeah, I mean your your podcast kept me keeps me alive on the freeway in traffic. So dude, that's awesome. That means yeah. a
1: lot, man. Thank you. Yeah. I, I I love that. I love when people come on that have heard the show and understand the show and, and have spent time with it. it, it still boggles my mind when people say that, that they listen to the show uh, on any level. Like, it's just, it's, it's cool. Because you don't never know, you never know who's listening. That's the thing that people get discouraged. Like, oh, I only get this many plays. And it's like, well, who are they? I yeah. have no idea. It could be your hero for all you know. Like, you have no Absolutely. idea. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I've been, uh, and this is the thing, like, I found out, all the work you've done in the, the like the album art world I didn't know until maybe five years ago four years ago that you were behind all this stuff like I had no idea I just knew how those records made me feel when I looked at them when I listened to them like there's this this um cohesion like it's like this this uh this flow that just seems to have everything seems to match and the fact that you can do that not being in these bands but you can you can tie into this in such a way is incredibly fascinating to me um because it essentially you're you're a, in another member when you're when you're tying into something that personal but on the same wavelength, if that makes sense, it's just a, such a strange place to exist. It seems like
0: it, it. It does. I, you know, I appreciate you saying that. I'm happy you found out about my work. You know, um, and that it's, you know, some of the records you may have or, or have seen throughout, you know, uh, your time, and I'm a part of those, and that's totally cool. You know, um, it depends on who you're working with, but sometimes you are a part of that and kind of like ecosystem, but and then other times you're kind of like. A little bit removed but trying to kind of like find out you know where the vibe is and uh you know there's there's so many kind of like avenues that the you know the album art can go down um that it it really is just like kind of finding the right thing for the right moment yeah yeah
1: do you do you remember when you first really started to like was that what you set out to do was album art and and layouts and things like that or did you where did you where did you jump into to making art do you remember the the first like
0: yeah i mean you know as far as like making art i was always that kid that you know loved to draw uh in class that was like my you know favorite thing to do was art class and constantly filling my you know uh schoolwork margins with you know doodles and drawings and uh you know everybody knows a kid like that right so you know growing up it just kind of like it just felt right to pursue art um i was uh fortunate enough to go to art center college of design in pasadena um, where i studied illustration and painting for uh three and a half years i graduated there in 96 and um then started having like a freelance career doing illustration for um, magazines and like surf and skate kind of things, brands, um, stuff like that. I've always been a huge music head. Like if, if art was like my first love, then music was like a close second. Um, I don't play any instruments. Uh, I've never been in a band. I'm super envious of people that, you know, are, are part of that world. But, um, you know, I'm fortunate that I get to be a part of that as far as like creating the visuals that go along with that music. Um, so always interested in music, like, you know, um, seeking out like cool bands, underground things, turning my friends onto bands that they've never heard of. And then all of a sudden that becomes like our, our most favorite thing. So I was like, I was also that guy. Like I was the dude finding, you know, finding out about the cool, cool music and stuff like that. seeking it out.
1: Yeah. Dude. Did you have, did you have brothers and sisters that were like older, younger, (laughs) are you the only child? only job man. So you got to share all of it with your friends. Yeah. And I was so into
0: it. And you know, when, when, so like, I loved that, you know, I would do like little flyers for my friends, bands here and there, or, or try to get gigs doing stuff for, you know, maybe t-shirts for a local band or something like that. There wasn't too much of that, but you know, when I graduated from college, um, in 96, doing art for music was like, one of the coolest things you could do like it it was a really sought after like position and if you're interested in music and interested in cool design um and edgy kind of like left of centership because that's where you get to do it then you kind of want to like look for those jobs because everything i was looking at was like cool design happening in packaging and it was just like you know the late 90s early 2000s like it was crazy what was happening in like music design and everything and so um i started approaching a lot of labels sending them my work and then i started getting uh freelance gigs for like capital and warner brothers and you know universal and dreamworks and all this stuff um i was approached by the creative director at warner brothers um doing some work with them and she just asked me if would consider having a full-time gig so i was like wow this is like a dream come true like you know like of course so i just you know jumped at the chance that's incredible man
1: that's incredible yeah. that trajectory just like everything just kind of went the right direction and and what you're saying about the 90s man with with music and art was a heyday yeah there was so much cool stuff like that's when I came up like that was like I was born in the the early 80s so I didn't the 80s kind of were wash for me the 90s were when it really started hitting me but then I look back like like Raymond Pettibone is one of my favorite artists and all the stuff he was creating that Black Flag was just taking and putting on flyers. Like it wasn't even meant for the flyer. They're just like, hey, you got some you got some stuff we can have. Yeah, sure. Here you can have some of these. It created like this whole thing, and I don't think he cares about it very much. Uh that whole scene. Like it just kind of like that's what he was doing then, and now he's more into sports or whatever. But like he's one of my favorite artists. But he he like was creating one thing that then taken and put in this context. Yeah was timeless. Like it was incredible. And it's still, I mean, I don't know what those flyers are going for now. The originals that people pulled off of polls.
0: Oh my God. So good. But then the
1: nineties was just, I mean, posters and, and layouts and, and every like tour posters were incredible. And it was just such an interesting time because it was like, things were starting to bubble over. The internet was kind of starting to come out. People were like, things were spreading. Things were getting easier as far as logistics but all that stuff, all the skate culture you're talking about, like all all of it was just at such a boiling point. It was awesome. I love yeah, those
0: days. I mean, you know, if you got a position at a label back during that time, it was a pretty amazing thing. Like I remember just not even being able to believe that I was in-house at a record label, getting to work around musicians and make art. Like that was just ridiculous, you know? It was just too, too cool. You know, the art department at the time at Warner brothers was like 15 people. That's like a lot of art directors. Like, you know, it was a super cool scene to be a part of. Like, we just had this like great vibe going and people playing music all the time and working late. And like, you know, I learned so much from those people. Um, when I first got into Warner, like I didn't even know how to run most of the computer programs that I ended up (laughs) using, like, you know, um, but I knew I could figure it out, you know? And, uh, you know, so it's just like, it was just an amazing time. It was really, really cool. Do you remember
1: like the first kind of stuff that really, because of course just being into art and then discovering music, like the first kind of times you started seeing them together, like whether it was your parents' records or, you know, like where you saw the packaging and the music together and where that kind of clicked for you. Do you remember some of those early records when that really hit you?
0: I think being aware of like my parents' vinyl for sure, like that kind of oversized format and some of the covers that, you know, and even stuff that I thought was kind of like weird when I was a kid or like stuff that I would think probably is really, really cool now. But like, as a kid, you're like kind of shocked and like, you know, it's kind of weird. I can't remember per se, like what those things are, but it's more like just a whole kind of time period. Um, I guess, you know, then by starting to buy CDs and then seeing how things were done. And, and, um, I mean, like early art, you know, I remember like, I thought like Guns N' Roses Appetite for Destruction was pretty sick. Um, you know, some Metallica stuff that I thought was, was really cool. Uh, you know, Iron Maiden stuff. My buddy was super into Iron Maiden. So I love the whole lore of like the Eddie stuff. And, um, yeah you know and it wasn't until later though that i really started to like you know get into just all the amazing work that was happening like you know like that time period i said like late 90s 2000 of like you know electronic bands really you know and then you know like the david carson stuff and you know massive attack stuff and just people that were just doing insane insane work
1: yeah yeah it all creates like this feel it really, it like us all, I'm, I remember like my dad's King Crimson records and stuff. And those covers are just, yeah. like, what is this, you know, or the Hawkwind stuff or like the, all these just weird, weird stuff. Um, I, yeah, it, it, for me as a musician, like when I listen to music, I hear tracks, like I separate things into tracks. I can't help it. I was talking about this today, Uh, with a buddy of mine like because he's not a musician and he kind of does the same thing but I was like I can't shut it off when I put on a record and I start separating out the tracks I'm curious for you as someone who creates visual uh, like tangible things around music how do you hear music do you hear it the same way in tracks do you hear like moods and and colors and fonts and like how does it flow into you that's what I want to know because I can't think that way (laughs)
0: That's a really interesting question. I don't know that it's, I can actually pinpoint how the audio transfers to like a visual, but, but definitely, you know, different songs, different music and different bands will give you different vibes. You know, like um, I hear things kind of more as like a mood, you know, almost like, I don't know that I'm separating, maybe I'm separating into tracks because throughout the course of an album, you have a ride, right. Of all these different, kind of like you know sonic things happening but for me it's more about like the overall mood of like how is this music making me feel how do i think the people feel that are making this music um and just kind of like what kind of taste does it leave you with you know like are you humming it after are you disturbed by it is it haunting is it are you waking up hearing it in your head like um is it moving you somehow and then you know, how do the visuals relate to that? And how you get to the visuals is, you know, there's infinite different ways, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Do you remember
1: being curious, like a curious child uh, or like a timid child? Like, the reason I ask is because in as I'm thinking through these things, the what scares some people and what thrills some people is a lot different than others. And I I'm kind of curious where where that spectrum you know falls for you as far as you know because like I remember watching uh sneaking out not sneaking out but going to my friend's house because he had the first Batman movie on VHS my parents wouldn't let me watch it so I went to his house and watched it and riding my bike home that night afterwards I was terrified of everything I was looking over my shoulder this was like small island Alaska like five minute ride home it felt like 20 minutes and you know, dark, in, in, and you just watched Batman. Like, oh my God, this little Mormon kid that was like, holy shit, that like set off a whole thing for me the rest of my life. Like the threshold of what's scary to me, what's what's disturbing to me, uh, that kind of set it off. So I'm sure it's far different for you for everybody. But when when you're absorbing these, I mean, maybe that's what makes what you do so great. Is is The way those things fell into place for you to decide what scares you, what thrills you, what makes you feel these moods the way you do that then resonates with everybody else. Maybe those were some special little gifts that happened the way. But do you remember like kind of where that spectrum falls for you as far as, you know, what's you know, what what mood is is scary or what sounds are scary or what you know um I'm just spitballing this but like I can see it in my head what I want to say but again uh but you know those things those moments for you where where those things happen and maybe change your trajectory as far as when you heard uh you know um like of course we can talk about White Pony but like when you heard White Pony and and uh like what moments in that would pull these moods out of you. You know what I mean? Like versus someone that maybe maybe that was their first metalish record, their first heavy record that they've heard, and they're absolutely terrified or or appalled, right? Like that can be just as uh, profound when a record appalls you. Like I right. had those experiences too. Converges Jane Doe. I sold. I gave it away three times before I finally figured it out. That's amazing. And, and uh, anyways. We can talk about that a little bit, but like the, the, do you remember some of those moments where that kind of set your barometer for, for, well,
0: you talk about like the childhood thing. Like we all have those childhood scary moments, right? Yeah. Like you, and then you, you also started to talk about like, what kind of a kid or a person was I, like, I would say growing up and probably still now I'm like cautiously adventurous. Like, I'm not the guy who jumps off the cliff without looking, but I will jump off the cliff. But I'm going to check out what's happening first before I jump off that cliff. And I'm not the guy who isn't going to jump off the cliff. So I'm kind of like in between, you know, and I think that, um, you know, you mentioned the the Batman Batman movie. You know, I had a similar experience with Alien when I was a kid. Like, I begged my parents to let me see Alien. They had gone to the screening. I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. They brought home the videotape and I just saw it sitting there on the shelf. And I was like, I got to see this. And my mom was like, you're not ready. You're not ready. You're not ready for like months. Finally, I convinced her and I, dude, I wish I would have never watched that movie at the age that I watched it because for years after I'm like looking around my bedroom for, you know, an alien in the corner and, you know, peeking through all of the stuff in my room. And every time I got a stomachache, I was convinced I had a, a freaking alien inside <laughs> me. But, you know, we all have those moments growing up. Um, cut to, you know, if you're mentioned if you're talking about like Deftones' Jones, White Pony, you know, I, I love the first two records. Um, you know, they were a band that I wanted to work with and I was super stoked to be able to get to work with them on that, on white pony. Um, when I first heard that record, I was completely blown away by how just kind of massive the sound was and beautiful. And, you know, just, it was kind of on another level. Like you could tell the minute you listened to that, that it was like, okay, it's, you know, it's game time. Like we, we are, you know. I think everything for them at that time was just clicking on another level. Like they embraced being able to be super artistic and made this amazing record. Um, you know, going into like the art approach on that, they had um, they had the image of the pony that they had been kind of seeding around for a while, um, and we knew we wanted to focus on that, but we didn't know kind of how it was going to be. It's funny that I mentioned this after just mentioning like the electronic stuff I was into design because I kind of wanted to bring a clean aesthetic to the white pony stuff like something that was maybe unexpected, definitely like something kind of like different than they had done in the past mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of genre bending. like I, I think that like you could c- probably pick up white pony and maybe not know what kind of music it was, you know, it was, we presented it in such a clean kind of aesthetic that like, it could be a Moby record. It could be a massive attack record. It could be a Ronnie size record. It could be, you know, um, but it was a Deftones record. And that's what was cool is that like, there was this surprise of like this kind of aggression on the inside of this, you know, kind of beautifully presented, you know, object.
1: Yeah. Dude, the, 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 the alien thing, Going back to the alien <laughs> thing real quick. I did not know this. And I always knew this goes back to same thing with your work. Like I didn't look back like who did what right until fairly recently. There's certain records that had a feel to me. And so alien HR Geiger. Yeah. Did those Danzig records. He did yeah. uh, the, the Franken Christ record insert yeah. that everyone lost their mind about. Uh, and I went and I watched an episode of Pawn Stars randomly and someone brought in an alien like sketchbook from H.R. Geiger. Yeah, and wow. I went on Wikipedia and just started looking at all the album covers he did. And every one of them evokes that same feeling. me. It's like this weird like machine human weirdness. It all gave me the same feel, though. Every one of them felt the same to me, although they were amazing. They didn't inspire a different feeling in me. Everyone just kind of like, okay, I could see that being his, uh, with yours, it's different. Like it's different feelings. It's different. It's, it's all over the place, which I love. So it it was funny that you brought up alien because that seeing that at that young age, an artist that then went on to do records and, and album artwork as well was super interesting tied together. But, um,
0: That's interesting. Really, really, really interesting point that you're bringing up. Like Geiger's work is obviously amazing. It's super dark. It makes me feel really kind of creepy. Like if, if there's any art actually that like actually makes me feel uneasy, it's his, his work. And I love that, that it makes me, it actually makes me feel something, which is saying something about some, you know, a static image, you know, the difference with, you know, I mentioning me and him in the same sentence is nuts, but like, you know, when you're approaching H.R. Geiger for some album art, he's going to listen to you, I'm sure, a little bit, but he's going to do what he wants, right? Yeah, like exactly. Dan Vig <laughs> is getting like what H.R. Geiger wants. Yeah. With me, I have, my clients are ranging all over the place. So I, I don't have, you know, I'm not at that point where I'm like, okay, here's your album cover, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> That's the, the reason things are different. And I think that they have to be different to a certain extent. Yeah.
1: Know? Yeah and the clean aspect of of white point this is something that's that's uh, the i i'm trying to say this the right way i i really try to phrase this the right way i've talked to chino about this too like deftones fans are different than other fans deftones fans are their own animal there's people that don't like the deftones because of deftones fans <laughs> they go that deep into it just because they feel like they know everything they know all the 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 little behind the scenes stuff they know everything about it when there's a lot that they don't i'm a deftones fan but not in that realm so it's interesting to me to uh, for someone such as yourself who's had such a big hand in that creative process how you how you navigate you know that kind of fandom Like, do people hit you up all the time asking you about these things and, and trying to get like the, the, the scoop on everything and all the little nuances and things like that. Like, have you done a lot of podcasts before where either like a, like a, um, or, or do people reach out to you on social media and try to like get this information from you? I'm curious because it's such an interesting fan base. I'm not saying that in a bad way either. It's just different like they're like yeah, ravenous they're,
0: their fans are amazing I, it's funny you you say there's people that don't like deftones based on the deftones fans i had never heard that before <laughs> that's, that, a that whole, <laughs> that's a real thing whole other. i would love to like dive into that because i don't know what that's even about but um you know their fans are amazing it, it, truly incredible like i and you know it only has been the last couple of years that people have started putting the pieces together because of social media. Like you can be an amazing art director and designer. Um, may, maybe people look through the liner notes and know your name and that's super cool. But what has allowed all of us to start reaching out is Instagram and, and social media and all these things. Mm-hmm. Because as an art director, I have all the designers that I love and I know their work. But as a normal kind of fan, you're not really following those people maybe, but what's happened with Deftones and other bands is that the fans have gotten on board. They've done the work. They find out who's responsible for the art. You know, I'm putting stuff out there too. Sometimes the band and I are doing things together. And so then people do find out about you and then you kind of grow like that. You know, everyone has been so super cool about not digging too much. Like, people want to know, you know, is there any unused art for this? Or what was the reason behind that? Or, but it's, it's really minimal compared to as to what it could be. Mm -hmm. Like it could be insane. Like I could be getting crazy, you know, inbox full of like questions, but I I think that there's some kind of like understanding or something that they just, they just don't do that. I mean, it's very interesting. They're they're so supportive. Um, they want to know things here and there, you know, we want to know why did we put, you know, flamingos on the cover? Um, <laughs> you know, or like, I love that know. cover. So yeah. Good. But fun stuff, stuff I can answer, you know, occasionally yeah. there's stuff that I don't answer because like, it's the band doesn't maybe even know, or it's like, yeah. you know, we haven't put that information out, but, um, for the most part, it's great interaction and mm. I really enjoy it. Like, I really enjoy Like the people are paying attention to it, you yeah. know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so. It's one of the weird things where uh, I'm. I'm not sure where you came into the podcast as far as a listener, but 98 percent of the emails I get are, "Hey, heard you from the Chino episode." It's like it just changed everything. But the things he has to deal with, as far as knowing that if we're going to talk about something, literally within four hours, it's transcribed on the internet. I
0: can't uh, even imagine.
1: It's not then. That's why I brought that question up because I didn't know if you get the same level of, or even a smaller level of, of that kind of um, stuff, which you were just discussing. And, and um, I think that's awesome that, there, that there's not necessarily a buffer zone, but you don't get hounded uh, about that stuff. And some stuff, because people want so much information, like especially the Eros project yeah. and stuff like that where there's times where we've been talking on on the podcast, Chino and i've been talking on the podcast and i kind of look at him like you sure you want to say that and yeah. then afterwards he's like yeah we'll leave that in there
0: um, right i loved that those the that interview you did was him. It was amazing dude
1: thank you I, I i it was a great moment but but also with that like it's it's just such a weird space to be in just knowing and Cause I like these to be free flowing and things like that. But also when you have that in your mind, like listen out for this, listen out for this, like make sure you put a mark here in case you want to pull this out. That kind of stuff is always strange to be in that. I get it.
0: You know, I've been doing podcasts for the last couple of years, not that much, like honestly, maybe Mm -hmm. five or something. And It's my first time ever being kind of like around this kind of interview type of situation, Mm -hmm. but you do learn you know, doing what we do, you deal with some sensitive things here and there. You maybe have some information that, you know, yeah. needs to be, you know, kept within the, you know, um, you and the band or whoever. But you learn um, how to talk about things without giving away the whole mm-hmm. the whole thing, the whole picture. Um, you know, and, the, and I just think it's amazing that the fans are so, you know, just interested in the art and how it's created. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's just such an awesome... Place to be in, and that I'm, you know, somewhat responsible for some of this stuff just blows my mind. Still, yeah, it's it's too cool. When somebody tells me they got a tattoo of my work, I just, I mean, I'm floored every time. It's, it's just crazy. Yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's absolutely
1: wild. It's absolutely wild. Someone chose to put that on their body forever, like it meant that much. I don't have. I'm 40 years old. I have no tattoos don't start for two reasons one is i i crave symmetry so there's nothing i want twice but i would feel like it has to balance and then also i just i think about it for a month and i change my mind and there's never been anything that's stuck with me long enough yeah to make it into the running and so i just haven't done it i I just haven't Do do you have uh band art tattoos
0: i don't have any band art tattoos no did you design your your own? Have you designed your own? No, no, I didn't do that either. I, you know, it's funny when I was a kid, I, I had the same thing as you. Like I wanted something, and then like a month later, I was so glad that I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, no, I didn't do that. I, I think that there's a difference between kind of what I do and like tattoo art, but apparently not because somebody's making you know finding ways to make that stuff into tattoos. <laughs> but no, not not that. It goes more the traditional route. But, yeah. Um, it's it's
1: amazing i'm curious on you create these moods and 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 these feels just like a band would would do this but in your own life like your own house your own your own world what what stuff artistically helps your mood like if you wanted to if you wanted to feel comfortable in a space what colors and 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 images
0: would you put around yourself? That's a great question. I mean, first, it all starts with music for me. Like anywhere I go, I have to have music. When okay. I get home, music is immediately turned on. When I go, when I travel, first thing I do is turn on some kind of music in a hotel room or whatever. Like I don't know what it is. Uh, I think I grew up. My my parents always had music kind of playing in the background. Okay, and that's how my life is. It's it's like. I always joke like my kids are going to you know, have all these songs that like remind me, remind them of me probably because I always have stuff, you know, in the background. Um, you know, for me, like, it, it, I also, in addition to doing like album art and, and the graphic stuff I do, you know, I try to kind of mess around with like some physical pieces too, like some painting and some collage work and stuff like that. Um, with my personal work, it's starts off being, super messy and expressive and kind of like the surroundings that i'm working in, in in the studio space or wherever i mean it looks like a bomb went off there's like snips of paper everywhere and dripping paint and, and tools and all this stuff everywhere but on the flip side of that the environment i like to be in is pretty minimal uh, i really love like not a lot of clutter i'm constantly straightening things up making things organized um so for me to feel comfortable in the space, things have to be kind of orderly and, and neat and put together during the pandemic when I was working from home, like I couldn't even get down started on work until I had like made the bed, done the dishes, cleaned the house. Like I didn't feel okay sitting down in the atmosphere that wasn't like, you know, just making me feel good. Um, I realize that's crazy. (laughs) I I got it. I I get it. But it's funny that I make this artwork sometimes that is just filled with junk, and I'm covered in sawdust and paint and all this stuff. But then I like to bring it into these pristine kind of like conditions. Like I'll bring a painting into our house and then present it in a you know kind of a a more serene, minimal way. So I guess if that answers your question, hopefully it's you know order order among the chaos. That's I'm like the weirdest person I have like this I have piles of sketchbooks in the corner that are like clippings of junk and paper and tape and all these things put together but they're in a book and I can get rid of that book and not have to see it you know so I like order within chaos it's just weird man
1: dude that's an amazing amazing answer because it's weird well it's not it's not weird at all because like where you feel comfortable That's, that's almost just as intimate as where you create, because I mean, where are you going to spend more time where you're, you're at home, comfortable, relaxing, safe or in the chaos, right? Like the, 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 I think one of the most amazing things is walking into someone's studio or wherever they create is super, it, it almost reminds me of that show Hoarders. I don't keep talking about these reality shows but like those people that their space they're in that's everything that's their safe place that's their awful place that's everything and these cameras are coming in and they're so embarrassed but when the cameras aren't there they're home right but those those places coexist for them whereas you can have a creative space and a home space like that's why i'm here in this studio i don't do this at home because i can't i don't i don't feel right, right there it's not my place to create I have to say, even if it's just going to the garage, detached garage, right. I'm separating myself from art and home. But what you're saying with with uh having your, you know, your your safe space that's super tidy and clean and and which also ties into some of the artwork you've been doing, like what you're talking about, like like tight and clean. That going to war basically in that in that studio where you're covered in stuff, you know, like doing your thing. Yeah. That's one of the most like intimate places you can you can see I think is an artist's space where they create so um, those two things I love that they're so far apart from each other with you where you know uh, if you look at if you look at uh, I'm trying to think of a decent example to look at someone's like stage life and then see them in their home and the difference you know everyone needs that place that that nest I think it's just human nature Um, But it's also interesting to see people that live in the chaos. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City & Color thrice the interrupters and brendan and daniel from turnstile see them on the 30th anniversary tour with quicksand in the states in may and june and europe in november hotwatermusic.com for more info we also have be well with their new seven inch a tap i can't turn off out now first new music in two years from this band this band is incredible featuring members of battery bane darkest hour and fairweather see them on tour with i am the avalanche in june eaglevision.com for more info on that and just your general information on Equal Vision Records, you're always going to find something you like at EqualVision.com. Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Bewell's new 7-inch now. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the Internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced Lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze, and you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid, and I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level, distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now, distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me. And having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not gonna have any left. So I appreciate it. pleasure dot fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. And that's yeah. their comfort.
0: Yeah. I mean, I love this where we just arrived in this conversation because it's something I actually never even really thought about how I have these kind of like two different worlds I live in. But it, mm-hmm. it it is represented in my work at times. Like I love to do things that are like this crazy kind of mashup of all these things and it's chaos. But then most of the time it's coupled with something that is, you know, kind of anchors it and it's strong and it's clean or so. I mean, mm-hmm. not to harp on White Pony, but White Pony has moments in the in the album art where I did these crazy collages, you know, using photographs and all this stuff. But then it's like, boom, right next to like a solid black page with clean typography. And it's like, so it's this balance, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and that never even occurred to me until right now. So, <laughs> well, like, here cool. we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. This is
1: why I don't write shit down, because it ruins everything. Uh, it ruins these little moments, because these, these are the things that I live for. These are the moments that I, I live for, because it never would have come up otherwise and that's just free totally. flow of ideas and it's so important to me to to keep it that way because it's the, these are the things i love and you know all, there's always the the yin and the yang right there's always the yin and the yang there's always the the uh, you know i i just love that the, you have those two sides but it, watching and now knowing that looking back at your work and you can pull from that now and say well this is this is probably where this was was created this is how this where this came from this mood like if if a song or a record's making you feel safe maybe it leans more towards the home side versus the war side um, right that's just that stuff's fascinating to me i've i, I did a paper in college on uh, environment and music like 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 uh, how your environment growing up through your life creates uh, ties into your output so I basically took it was it was uh, a speech class that I did the paper for and I took a picture of like a desolate Norway dark dead of winter forest and I put it on the screen and I put on a Zach Brown song about putting your toes in the sand and people were just kind of like looking and I just stood there and just let it play and watch their uncomfortableness like what the what the hell and then i went to this beautiful beach setting and i put on a sun record which was just the most crushing droning guitars and everyone got even more uncomfortable and i was trying to sh- take them out of a I could put them in a different environment and then i i switched them and it all made sense because where were these people from? Where did they, you know, where did they grow up? What is their environment? And then what they put out there creatively. And it all started to make sense. And I've always felt that way, especially being from Alaska, the Pacific Northwest, like the music I love is super, uh, has a lot of like sharp edges and like the mountains in Alaska are super sharp down the northwest it's all big forests and everything else like there's all these like like uh earthy tones and things like that that environment really shapes things i feel and uh it's cool to see your your back and forth with that um as far as as far as where you live and where you work and what you do you know um
0: yeah i mean you know you speak about your environment like i feel like mine as i kind of dive into my work throughout the years i feel like my environment definitely has a lot to do with my, you know, things I'm interested in. Um, I've been thinking about it a lot actually lately because, you know, I grew up in LA, born and raised. um, I used to walk to school. I used to skateboard a lot. Uh, And like when you're walking to school, you're like, looking at the ground a lot or looking down or looking, you know, kind of like, At things that are usually unseen. And as a skateboarder, you're doing similar things and you're finding, you know, things that to the untrained eye are just like a ledge, but it looks cool to skate on, or this curve is really cool, but watch out for that crack with the grass growing out of it. You know, I feel like your eye goes to like weird things. And I have like this obsession with textures and, um, little nuances and things. And I'll take a photograph of a wall, like all the, like constantly for 20 years now, I'm like shooting textures and, you know, weird things happening. And I, and I feel like that's definitely because of like, just growing up, walking the streets and, and looking around and noticing weird stuff that people aren't seeing. And then later in life, you know, using those things as textures in my work. And, you know, as I got older, you know, kind of like punk rock flyers and surf and skate kind of culture where things were mashed up. I mean, I definitely love like a good collage or, you know, like, collage is a go-to thing for me in, in my personal work and, you know, some of the stuff I do for the band. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think somebody really, you know, could draw a lot of comparisons to how I grew up, where I grew up and how my work looks. You yeah. Know?
1: Yeah. There's, there's a few things here that I, I want to dig into because number one, the collage thing, when you look at a single image or you look at a collage, like it's easy to look at a collage and be like, Oh, they just threw everything together you look at one image it's like man okay they must have really sat and thought about this one image that speaks to whatever they're doing but I almost feel the opposite with the collage being spoiled for choice every one of those things had the same meaning probably that that one image had but you were able to pull that many like that part I look at it opposite way that way so that's a quick thought but um the other thing, looking at textures and things like that, I've got a picture, I'll, I'll send it to you after this, when I was in Germany on tour with Portugal Man, and I was next to this building and had an ivy growing up the side of it and it looked beautiful from standing away but I was leaning on that wall and I just looked up and saw the ivy from a different angle and I just took my camera and just snapped the picture and didn't look at it. And the picture came out, it's all the lights hitting the, the, the leaves different ways and it almost looks like you're looking through a field because all you see is the blue, but then you can kind of see it's a building. But it's one of those things that's just like, that looks really cool, I'm gonna snap a picture. Tying this together, when you're skateboarding, most people don't approach a staircase or uh, a a railing or um, a piece of cement flat on their back. But when you're skateboarding and you bail, (laughs) and you lay there for a minute recovering, you're seeing the world from a whole different spot. where you would never see it. You land at the bottom of that stair, your fucking knees hurting, you're laying there for a minute just kind of collecting yourself, but you're looking up, you're looking out, you're not looking head on. And I think that has a lot to do with uh, perspective. When you spent, for one, it's humbling. You're in a humbling position like I just fucked up. People are probably laughing at me, it hurts. You're open to receive whatever you're looking at differently then walking through there like you're the badass that's going to nail this 12 stair. And I feel like that helps, you know, looking at seeing lines, uh, where you're going to go skating versus, oh, there's a bench, there's this. It's like, no, I'm going to go to this, to this, to this. I've talked about this a million times, but like, I feel like skateboarding really opens a lot of people's minds to things. But that just came to my mind is, is when you fall and you're looking like you're talking about Looking down, looking up underneath, you know, when you see the gum underneath the table at the restaurant Yeah, as a kid, it's like, that. it's those little happy accidents,
0: little things that like no one sees. I still do it. I walk down the street and I'm like standing by a wall, taking a picture of something and people look at me like I'm nuts. And now in the world we live in, everybody's taking pictures of everything, you know? Uh So it's like still surprising to me that like people find that weird. Um, but there's just so much stuff if you just open your eye, like sometimes just stand on a street corner and like try to look around, spend a minute, you know, seeing all the things you could see yeah. um, in this small space that you're in. there's actually some cool stuff going on, you know? <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Yeah. You just try to find like spend, spend a half hour in one position, one spot yeah. and just try to get all the angles and see which is most interesting to you. especially if you're into textures, because there's so much, so many different things out there. And then you have a
0: library of photographs I've taken throughout the years that I just pull from, you know, when I'm making stuff that I just Mm -hmm. need, like, you know, something cool, you know, a lot of the things I've worked on incorporate a lot of those things, you know, now there's stuff you can just buy, obviously, you know, stock photos and people, you Mm -hmm. know, they're designers that are offering like kind of cool textures and all that. But you know, back in the day, we were just shooting everything and then kind of amassing, like, a great library, you know, things to pull from. It's like samples. I always kind of think of what I do as, like, people when they sample music, you mm-hmm. know, because I'm, like, pulling the most crazy stuff in from all these different things and assembling something, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you this because this – and I've asked this question before, but, but um, one of the really – profound moments for me uh with artwork and like photography and things like that uh was again in college where we, we it was um a, a class on on photography and writing and things like like tying these things together but one of them one of these ideas was that photography kind of ruined in a way ruined art because when say the mona lisa was painted it was meant to be seen how the artist wanted it to be seen. It was meant to be seen. It's small. It was meant to be seen under these certain lights in this certain room. Now you can be on an airplane in the bathroom on your phone and look up the Mona Lisa and be sitting there looking at it. It took it out of its context. It took it out, which I feel the opposite. I feel that it opened the world up. But there's some people that do agree that that, that kind of access kind of killed the initial uh purpose of the art i'm wondering what your thoughts on that because uh, i always like to talk to artists about this because it's i think it's more dear to their heart than than most musicians
0: i think it's a really good question i've actually heard a lot of arguments about this you know when photography first came out um they didn't want to consider it an art you know it, it because people that painters and and fine artists and stuff deemed it not an art. It was more of a commercial thing. And then when people started making these, you know, beautiful photos and, and, and kind of aligning themselves in a fine art space, there was a lot of backlash. Mm -hmm. Um, I completely disagree. I love photography so much and I love art so much. I don't feel like there should be any kind of like, um, question as to whether one is more valid than another because they just incorporate different things, you know? Um, and I love to use both. Like uh, I love photography almost as much as I love design at times. I love it more, um, because it's so immediate and it's just, you know, kind of like a caught moment. Um, yeah, my thoughts are that they should live together in harmony, man. And, and it's just, uh, it's just two completely different worlds, you know, and, and I don't think it takes away from an amazing painter because there's so much that happens with people that can express themselves, you know, on a, on a surface. And, you know, I love abstract painting. Um, you know, there's just no comparison to some, somebody who can just is a a master at their craft Mm -hmm. with creating a physical piece. And the same can be said for a photographer. You know, people just think, you know, everybody can take a photograph because we have these amazing tools in our pocket and everything, but there's really so much that goes into, you know, making a beautiful photograph, um, that it absolutely 100% is another art form.
1: Cause you do, you've done photography yourself or right? you do, you do a good amount of photography as well. I right? love
0: photography. Yeah. I yeah. love, I love shooting photos. You know, I was, I shoot photos a lot growing up. Um, you know, and then before things were so digital, we used to shoot a lot and then scan images to use in our work and stuff like that. Um, I really love photography. Like, uh, I love working with photographers. I love like, you know, um, being on shoots and seeing what they do and, and, you know, kind of being a fly on the wall to their expertise and, um, kind of like observing what's happening. Uh, and I love walking down the street and shooting photos. I, you know, um, my kind of my favorite times are just going out with a little point and shoot and just kind of seeing what happens and documenting things.
1: Do you run into people that, uh, are, are offended by what you're doing when you do that? Do you run into people like, you know, do you ever just snap pictures of people or, um, like, uh, like Randy Bly from Lamb of God always posts his pictures and he just got these incredible photos of people and he just, the look on their face and I don't know how he got never, I didn't ask him how he goes about doing that. If he asks them to sign a release or ask them if he can take their picture. But when you're just collecting, uh, just moments like that, have you run into people that, like, Hey man, what the fuck? Like, I'm curious on that. Cause, cause, uh, so many people now are so uptight about having their picture on things, but if it's just someone going about their day, you know, all that stock footage never shows the faces. Yeah. Like they're doing a show on obesity. And it's just a bunch of people's bellies running, walking around with no faces. Right. Uh, but when you're actually going out with your own camera, just collecting pictures, uh, throughout the day, have you run into that?
0: I haven't gotten too much backlash because I try to be a little bit more kind of discreet about what I'm doing. I have like definite rules. Like I'm not trying to shoot homeless people. I'm not trying to shoot people that are like down on their luck. Like I'm not trying to like be in that world, but I'm a huge subscriber to street photography, like, you know, the hamburger eyes stuff and, you know, anybody who's shooting in that kind of realm, there's a great documentary called everybody's street that is incredible about these like, you know, five, six, seven street photographers who, you know, it runs the gamut from like people who just go out and very kind of like quietly do it or people who really engage people and bring them into the mix. Um, or people who are just straight up, like what you're saying, like on the street camera in your face and that person's going to punch you, you know, I'm kind of like, if I see somebody very interesting, I ask them if I can take their picture. Uh, If they are kind of like somebody who I think could use it, I'll throw them some money because they're basically providing me with an image. So I'm going to give them something back as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I kind of try to be more like just observant and kind of fly on the wall and just find these little moments that are unobtrusive to people. You know, I don't Mm want to be, I think people are really, um, you know, they were kind of looking out for people taking photos nowadays and everything. And it's yeah. kind of unfortunate that like, you know, it has a bad light on it because there's so much cool shit out there happening that like, how can you not document some of this stuff? I would be driving and I'm like, damn, that's a cool picture right there. You know, like, shit, like, you know, like, why should I, I have my camera? Like, or it just happened so fast. And I'm like, well, I just got to commit that to memory because like, I, you know, I didn't get the shot and but that was a really cool moment. Yeah. Uh, no, to answer your question, I haven't had anybody that, you know, most people, I ask them and you know what, surprisingly, most people want to have their picture taken. You mm-hmm. know, if they are interesting enough that like you want to take their picture, usually they know that like some, you know, they've kind of put some effort into that or like their look is cool or their vibe is cool and you know, usually down for it.
1: There's something very interesting about seeing your likeness through the lens of a professional, of someone that really gets it, really understands the art form, uh, it's there's nothing else like it. It's really cool, like these portrait photographs you see of like um, uh, Clint Eastwood or something or Keith Richards, where you can just see every line and every pore, and you could just stare at those pictures for hours and still find things there just on someone's face. You know, there's just something different about it. And and I I see what you're saying there. Like people want I mean, inherently everyone wants to be somebody, at at least somewhat, like, oh, my picture. Yeah, absolutely. You can take my picture. Like, you know, like ready to go. Uh, and excited to be acknowledged and noticed. You know, I think it's human nature.
0: Um Yeah. I like that though. Just kind of road. You know, sometimes people think like you're gonna do something dubious with it, Mm -hmm. and, and that's what sucks is that like people are doing stupid shit with pictures on Instagram and, you know, making fun of people on So sure. I understand people. Yeah. I mean, I probably wouldn't want somebody taking my picture because I don't know how, in what context it's going to be, you know, like how, how is it going to end up? How are, how are people using that? So I completely get it if people are not down to, to do that. But, um, you know, I think for the most part, people are pretty accommodating. Yeah.
1: Well, you're documenting human history. I mean, it's, it's, if you think about it literally, I mean, you're really, you just go about your day, you're documenting what happened. It's all history. It may not be the most interesting history to everyone. Like, you're not documenting a battle or like, you know, but so and so going to the store and, and, you know, all these little things that just make up real life. Yeah. You know, what is it? Life imitates that. art. Like, that's the. I love
0: it. The mundane things, you know, like I've beaten these little books of my photos and it's kind of like these random collection of images. I'll just see walking down the street. And, um, it's not, it's not anything fantastic. It isn't like this amazing event or a horrific accident, but it's weird little, little moments that you see, Mm -hmm. you know, little strange anecdotes and then all kind of put together. It's like you're saying it, it kind of marks the time. Mm-hmm. And then 20 years from now, you look back and you go like, oh wow, remember that poster, or remember that billboard, or remember that product, or remember that weird car, or you know, yeah. It's these little moments. I'm fascinated by the moments that don't happen again. You yeah. know, the a photograph is one time that, that's never gonna happen again. Yeah. That yeah. is so cool to me. It's fascinating, dude.
1: I yeah. love getting getting deep on this stuff because it's just it seems to some people, of course, mundane, but it's if you think about things like this, life becomes a lot more inter- interesting thinking about that moment that's captured. That's never going to happen again as mundane as it seems it's, it's something that happened and is never going to happen again. Huh. Uh, and it's captured. Have you, have you seen uh, the, are you a Henry Rollins fan at all?
0: I'm a fan of, of Henry Rollins. Okay.
1: He did a photo tour. Where he went around showing his photographs and explaining them. Nah. It was really cool. And there's someone there, like, where's one lady, I forget what country it's in, but she's standing with her kids in a pile of garbage. And he snapped the picture, and all he was talking about is, like, the look in her eyes. Like, there's there's some, like, embarrassment, like, I know I'm sifting through garbage, but it's also what they were having for dinner that night. Like, it the importance of that garbage. I mean he really dug into it and it was a really fascinating experience to look at those pictures through his eyes. And that's the other cool thing about photography is, I mean, you're looking at what Frank wanted to look at that day or saw that day, right? You're seeing life through someone else's eyes. And that part is cool that you have the access to do that. And, uh, you know, not let me tell you about what I saw today, but let me show you what I saw. Let look at what I saw today.
0: I love that. So cool. I, I didn't know that he shot photos, and I feel lame that I didn't know that. Oh man, uh, he's got a book out called i it down and check it out. That's super cool. But you know, you just made me think of something that I've thought about. You know, I oftentimes will work with a photographer on a set or something, and we're just hanging out with somebody. This is a better example: hanging out with another photographer, and you're in the same place for the same amount of time, but the images that you get. Can be so different. It's so cool. Yeah. You know, see how somebody else sees something and you were in the same spot. Yeah. But you didn't see that angle. You didn't see that little light peeking through. You didn't see that weird shadow or that moment. So that is super cool. I love that you said that.
1: And you can never be standing in the same place at the same time. Right. So there's no possible way. That's the other cool. I mean, you can't inhabit someone's body in that moment. Like you that's the closest you'll get to walking in someone else's shoes is being where they were standing. And that's the only way you're going to see that. And, uh, the the, man, there was something I was, I was just thinking of and it just, it just went right out the window. I totally forgot what I was going to say. Um, but being in that position is the only way It's the only way you can do it is because if you're standing in the same room together, you're going to be next to each other behind each other in front of each other. It's never in that moment with that lighting at that time of day, ever. Super, super crazy. I love that. Um, Oh, I remember I was going to say. So I I don't know who said this. I I, I know I've said it before, but um, when you remember something, you only remember the last time you remembered it. You don't actually remember the event. You remember the last time you remembered the event. Hmm. But with photos – before photoshop and things you can alter that was right there that was it so every time you look at that you're seeing the pure original you're going right back to that moment exactly it's not the fishing story that grows you know you're not forgetting details and embellishing that game of telephone you know you go around the circle yeah you're not remembering last time you remembered it you're remembering that actual event i think that's why pictures can make people cry and 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 reminisce so hard because it shows them flat out. There's your dad. There's your mom. There's you. Like there's the person you lost. There's the person you used to, you know, be in love with. There's the person you do love. There's yeah. your kids. In the as real as it can possibly get. Because our memories are just so strange.
0: It's crazy. We, it's we sad, sensationalize things, and and yeah, it's just so cool the way a photo or a video can take you back to that time. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, and trigger those memories and music honestly music does it too i remember i'll hear a song and i'll just remember oh shit i was driving down pch that day on the most sick day and this song was playing i mean music completely does that everybody knows that but that's just super cool
1: yeah it, 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 it uh, imprints it imprints on you i could same thing i can remember the car i was in i can remember the smell <laughs> of the car yeah Oh, we had just had taco bell or something like i can right. remember that Yeah, with those and and these records, you were a part of the same thing like I can do. I I was talking to Ross Robinson the other day, like telling him We actually went to tears twice because talking about some of these records because of how important when they hit me, hit him being there. uh, Just it's imprinted forever. And of course, you're still remembering the memories. But the music's there. the artwork's there. Those are static like those are done. And you can you can go back to them whenever you want. That's it's right. Such a cool thing. It transports
0: you back to that time.
1: Yeah. That's cool. And you've been a part of so many of those things. And and the feeling you've put on these things is, is huge. Like you've had you've played a major part in my life, and I didn't even know it until a few years ago. Right? That like and happen. it's embarrassing to say that. Because But I, but I spent so many years just embracing and enjoying what you've done on just a pure level without needing to know who it was. Yeah, Yeah, of course. I, 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 but, uh, it's, it's something I hold very special, you know, just as, as special as the music. Like it's all one piece because we grew up where you still get the artwork. You still get every, the one piece, it's not on Spotify in a little square. Yeah. It's in your hands. You're in the car reading through the booklet. You're like, we all read the liner notes to find out who did they thank. I'm gonna check out these bands. Oh yeah, totally, I remember doing that. Everybody did that, like it was the the way life worked. You saved
0: up and you bought it. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about how blessed I am to be a part of all this, you know, like in the end, I'm just an artist making things. And to think that like, A, people like the stuff, that's super cool, B, You know, somebody who I I respect and admire liked the stuff being the bands or something and and see that it made an impact in someone's life is just incredible to me. Like it really is. As an artist, you're kind of insecure, you know, you're making these things and um, you don't know if anyone's going to like it. And so to hear that some people do and that it impacted them. And I mean, it's just really humbling. Honestly, I got to say. As a fan growing up, look, you know, buying albums, looking through the line notes, finding out who these people were, and then to be on the receiving end of that is pretty unbelievable. You yeah. know,
1: you deserve all of it. And you've made you made the right choices along the way to put yourself there. Like you you've yeah. been brave enough to put your artwork into the world. Anyone that puts output like that into the world, it takes bravery. Uh, not knowing what's going to come back because it could have gone the complete opposite direction.
0: And like, it put does put yourself
1: out there.
0: Yeah, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and being an artist, a visual artist, and then you know, just to your point, you put stuff out there, and it's not all roses, man. Not everybody likes what I do. Oh sure, I get a, I get a lot of haters too. <laughs> you know, but um, but you have to be able to embrace that stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, and and I'm the kind of person I remember the one negative comment and and forget about the hundred glowing like you know reviews. Yeah. Um. Don't we all though? Right. Uh huh. Um, but it's really hard. I remember like before Instagram and all this stuff, the band bands would release the album cover on Facebook. And then the kids would just go to town, man. Just like, you know, either a it's rad or just ripping it to shreds, man. And I remember sitting by the computer at night, just like having a few things where people were just like, this is shit. What are they thinking? I don't get it. And I mean, that's horrible, dude. Like it's so hard to like, it's so hard, no matter how, how you know kind of um strong you are or in your conviction about it being a good piece of art you know in the end it's hard not to be well received you know by the public and also in the end it's a commercial product and it isn't just me and a band making art just for ourselves this the label needs to sell some records you know so yeah. Yeah. uh there's a lot of kind of um things that go into the mix as to, you know, how these things get created and what flies and what doesn't fly and can be stressful.
1: Yeah. It's just so, it's so interesting. The, the intertwining of, of music and then visual art and, and all this stuff is just so important. Like you look at, I'll bring up one example that threw me completely off after a band has a certain vibe, black flag, that album they put out called what the, the, and it's just like some weird cartoon guy's face going like blah, like, on the yeah. cover. I didn't even listen to it. Cause right. I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, this is a joke. I couldn't, right. I couldn't imagine. And then uh, just because of them changing direction so hard, I was shocked. And, and then I thought back, wow, uh, there is a big tie-in to their overall demeanor and, and uh, uh, legacy from that visual side. You know, and the other cool thing, Frank, of what you're doing is and it's something I think we do as humans. I do. I'm in constructions. I'm, I'm building a Ritz Carlton Hotel in Portland. I'm building something tall that's going to outlive me. Exactly as an artist, you're building, you're making things that are going to last far beyond you, far yeah. beyond me and be touching people all the way down the line. And I think that's, uh, you know, you're making a legacy. But. Maybe you're not thinking about that in the moment as you're doing it, but when you look back at what you've done and see how far it's gone now, it's just gonna keep going far beyond our years. And I think that's something as humans, we all try to do. I think it's why we started building buildings and making them taller and make it, you wanted something bigger and better than yourself. And I think art has a lot to do with that, you know? And people that are made to create artwork. There's certain people that aren't, but we need artists to make life uh, special, I think to, to pull these lessons, to pull these moments and pull these ideas out of the mundane and make it a tangible, uh, worthwhile thing to be a part of. And I think that's why artists are so important, such as yourself, uh, because you can do that. You can take the day to day and make it, uh, extraordinary. And that is a super special gift. And, and I thank you for, for all you've done with that because it really, does. When you can be having the worst day and just look at something that someone made and be like, oh, it's not so bad. Like today's not so bad.
0: Or bring back those feelings. It's huge. I love that. You know, I think about that a lot now is just about kind of leaving something behind. Mm -hmm. It, It is super important to me. Like I think if I wasn't making art or didn't have kind of these pieces of things that I'm able to get out into the world and have people you know, in the end, you know, be remembered for something I would feel really kind of like not complete. And so I'm so, so happy and fortunate that I get to actually, you know, leave some things behind, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I didn't think about that 20 years ago, but I certainly think about it now. And it's, it's, it's really cool to have an imprint out there, you know, and you know, my, my, you know, if, if I could have my ultimate dream, I would be in a studio making paintings all day and be a, uh, world-renowned fine artist right mm-hmm. but that isn't my deal but i do get to make some art and put it on some you know cd packages if they're still making packages or, or spotify mm-hmm. or Apple, whatever it is and, and people get to see it so that's amazing for me
1: and to your audience you know you are a da vinci you are a, you are a michelangelo <laughs> right like you have the same effect that those artists had on people you know what i mean it's the same thing
0: i hope so and super
1: it's, cool for you to say. it's wonderful man uh dude this has been this has been fucking awesome i i never know where these are gonna go and i am really glad at the places we went here i this was really fascinating dude i i i really appreciate you coming on board and and uh spending the time especially on such short notice i know i I operate in such a weird way um but i appreciate the grace with that and and uh man really this has been awesome I
0: appreciate it. It's, it's a pleasure to talk to you. And I love the way you kind of just, we kind of move through things, you know, and there was topics we talked about that like hadn't occurred to me and I learned, actually learned some things. And so that's, you know, <laughs> a fantastic place to begin. And I appreciate you being the catalyst that kind of bring me into that. So um, I'm super stoked you reach out.
1: Thank you, man. You're very welcome. And, and you're welcome back anytime. We can do this. You can do this once a year, man. I don't care. Like it's it's, awesome i cherish these moments because i learned something too and and uh you know this is this is what we get to put out in the world and and uh i think it's very important and uh man thank you so much for all the amazing artwork and and all the you know i've spent hours looking at your work just listening to records just looking through and and fine tooth combing things and and uh you know so many so many amazing amazing times um that you've been there so thank you for that. And, and, uh, yeah, man, really appreciate it.
0: So cool, man. Thanks Dewey. I appreciate it.
1: Awesome. Frank, Well I'll be in touch soon, man. And, and, uh, we'll get this thing out there and, and, uh, reach out whenever, man, you want to come back on, let me know if I don't reach out to you first and, and, uh, yeah, have a good rest of your evening, man.
0: I really appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for, for having me and being interested in my, in my work and everything. It means a lot. Absolutely. My friend, we'll talk soon. Okay,
1: buddy. Thanks, All right. dude. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Frank Maddox. He is a true original and his work has, has been in my life for a long time. I just had no idea until recently. And I'm so glad to put uh, a name and a face and a voice to something that has been permeating in my life for so long. Uh, so thanks to Frank for coming on. Thanks to you guys for listening uh, each and every week. Please rate and review the show and subscribe, tell a friend about it, show the show to a friend, send it to a friend. Um, That's all I could ask. It's the best way to spread the word of the show. And you guys have done a great job. The show has grown exponentially over the years and has become something uh, real and tangible. And I really attribute that to the word of mouth um, advertising for this show. I mean, that's, that's the best I can hope for is that someone comes away from one of these inspired, and tells someone else and that just spreads that positivity spreads that candid vulnerableness um, that we try to to put on this show and make a real contribution to the world and uh, I know it's cheesy to say that about a podcast but if you could see the emails and the messages that come in with people that have truly been helped inspired uh, saved by this podcast uh, it would astound you and and uh, you know I keep those, private. Um, but I'm telling you that what we're doing is hopefully making a change, uh, putting something positive in the world, uh, I feel is, is the best thing you can do. I mean, it's just, it's, it's incredibly rewarding. And I, I just thank you guys so much for coming back week after week to listen to this. Um, yeah. And I'm just rambling at the end, but as I always do, um, I love each and every one of you guys very much. I really truly do. Um, Please continue listening. Uh, I hope you like what you heard this this week. And uh, check out Frank's work. Um, Pull him up on Instagram. Uh, Go back and listen to those records and just look through the artwork and really feel what he's putting out in the world. Um, So cheers to Frank. Cheers to you guys. I'm going to get out of here. But as always, we'll see you on the radio.